And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of The Beat. I'm Brendan Quinn from The Athletic. Nick Baumgartner not with us this week, uh, welcoming his beautiful daughter into the world, um, his second child. You remember uh, uh, Nick, right, Austin? I, I guess I shouldn't spoil who our guest is here first, but our our guest, our guest this week, we are very fortunate uh, to have Austin Hatch. Uh, formerly of Michigan basketball, presently out uh, out about in the world doing uh, some great things in public speaking. And Austin, how are you, my man? It is so good to see you again. I'm doing great, Brennan. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, it's, it's great to be with you. So th- thanks for having me. And yeah, I look forward to our conversation. Yeah. Uh, I imagine you remember Nick from back in the day. He would, I guess he would have been sure. at M Live in the Free Press uh, when you uh, when you were still at the so program. His first daughter, or so uh, had a son, and now has had his first daughter this week. Awesome, awesome. Yes. Well, please give him my congratulations and well wishes for next time we talk to him. We for for the listeners, I connected with Nick uh, this morning, and everyone is happy and healthy. Uh, he's doing great, and uh, super excited for him. So congratulations to the Baumgartners. Um, it's awesome, awesome stuff. So Austin. We, I'm try, I was trying to think earlier today of our uh, our last conversation um, in any like formal setting, right outside of just texting or doing uh, kind of catching up and stuff like that. And I think it would have been a kind of like an exit interview type deal during your last year at, at Michigan uh, when we sat down and you kind of just unpacked, you know, your your, your college career and all that all that stuff. And I remember is even then, like you were already making the old guy jokes. Like I'm getting old, you know, I'm getting a little out of shape. Now you're actually old. How's it, how's adult life? You know, it's, um, (laughs) one of the, um, I don't want to say, um, one of the the, the benefits of suffering that, you know, occurring the injuries that I did a benefit. There there was no benefit to it, but, (laughs) uh, I got to retire from the game early if you will. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, early retirement is the dream for, for most people. So I guess, I guess you could call that the silver lining. If, if there is any, not to make light of the situation, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm fully retired now and I try to stay in shape, try to stay lean. So my wife still has a crush on me. Nice. Fortunately, we've been able to do um, up to this point. So yeah, we're two, a little over two years in and loving, loving it. I saw it recently. I think you posted a picture of you and Abby in Maine. It was like right out of an LL Bean catalog or something. Yeah, yeah. We had we took a little, uh, little, a little birthday trip 
um, to Maine because, because you know here's the here's the great thing. So I don't have to worry about vacation days, right? Right. You know, I'm I'm my own boss, and you know it's nice. I can kind of you know make my own schedules, and I'm not what the thing is, but I'm not working. We're not generating revenue for our right. business, right? Right. right. So you can't just always be take take time off, but um, but the beauty of this remote work environment is. You know, we're able to go and, you know, put in our, you know, it doesn't matter if we, wherever we are, we can work from anywhere. Because, um, you know, as long as you're online getting stuff done, it doesn't matter where you are, you know. So just got to be able to turn. The nice thing was for us both, you know, we both turn, turn it on from, you know, nine to nine to four mm-hmm. and put our, put our work in. And then, you know, outside of that, but if we wanted to go for a little hike at lunchtime or, you know, yeah. it, it worked well. So, yeah, we really enjoyed it. And, um yeah, it's a, it's a, I don't want to say it's a it's a benefit of this time, but it's you know it's. Hey, I mean, we're all we're all put in this very weird situation, so it's it is what you make of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and last I remember, Abby was working uh, within the university. Is that still the case? Yep, she works in development for that federal department. Yep, so she works for Katie Froman. Okay. Yep. And you guys are based in Ann Arbor, obviously. Then still, yep, we are. We are. We're, we actually live in the condo where I lived in college. Um, okay. we're, we're going to be here for probably another year or so we're sa- saving up for a house, but mm-hmm. in our, our housing market's a little pricey. A little so, bit. <laughs> so we're, yeah, you know, we're, we're saving, you know, we're, we're trying to live below our means right now and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, welcoming, you know, trying to save for whatever the future, whatever the future holds for us. So we got a puppy now. Well, he's, he's about two, he's a little over two. Benny, he's a golden retriever. Oh, he's awesome. Man. Awesome. Keeping us busy for sure, giving us a little taste of additional responsibility. So, so it's fun. It's fun. You're in that. Uh, you're you're in that very interesting age where you know you and your college friends. Everyone kind of starts to see everyone go in their 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 different directions, right? And everyone kind of starts to find themselves and find their way and all that all that stuff. Anyone amongst uh, your former you you and your group? Anyone anyone among you uh, a little surprising in what they're doing? I wouldn't say surprising, um, but I probably, out of all my former teammates, I probably keep in touch with Duncan the most. Mm. And look, I'm not talking to him every day. He's very busy. We would talk maybe once a month or so and, you know, just say, tell him I'm proud of him. And mm. um, But you said surprise. I don't know that I'm surprised by what he's doing. I remember this would be interesting for the listeners probably. So our senior year, Duncan and I were in the same class and our senior year, we would go to lunch together maybe once a month, roughly. Um, and just talk about, you know, life and things beyond school and sports and, you know, you know, our plans for the future and things like that. And I remember we went to lunch in, um, at a place called Demos in Ann Arbor mm-hmm. on, on, on stadium. And, uh, I, you know, I asked him like, Hey man, like, what are your, so this was a, maybe, April. This was after we got back from the from the final right, four, right? And we were just talking about things and how everything went and everything. And obviously, we didn't win, which was disappointing. But um, I said, "So, what are your plans from here? You think you're, you're going to go try to play in Europe or, or <laughs> what do you think?" And he's like, "No, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to play in the NBA." <laughs> like he he had that vision for himself. And that wasn't the first time he said that. I'm sure yeah. he I'm sure he from the time that he was. At Williams College, he probably thought he was going to find a way to get to the NBA. So it's like, mm. you know, I would say I'm surprised. I'm not surprised, but it's just so cool to see him. Yeah, he was just one of the guys I saw in the locker room every day, and now he's one of 
two teams playing for an NBA championship. So yeah, and you watch him last night. I mean, he's out there checking like LeBron on a switch or something, and you're, I, I just can't. I mean, we've now been watching it for two years. Him on the court with some of these guys, but even still, like there's there's Duncan checking LeBron in the NBA Finals. Like this is not reality. No, no it's really cool. It's really really cool. So couldn't be happier for him. Okay. And I mean, I mean, you know, great to see. I went and saw Mo play. So I, so he played in L.A. for you know for a little while to start. And then I have family in L.A. where I lived. You know, before coming mm-hmm. to Michigan, mm-hmm. and Abby and I went out to see them. See my, my relatives in California. Um, and Mo got us some tickets to the Lakers game, which is cool. So we got to, we got to go out there and go see him play out there. And you know, and we went in the locker room after the game and just said hi. And and just, you know, it's, it's, it's so cool to see them. All my teammates are doing well in different facets, right? You know, I don't want to say that. I don't know that any of my former teammates are married. I don't think (laughs) any are. Um, but it's about, they're playing in the NBA, right? It's like, Marriage, NBA, ha- having great careers, you know, whatever it is. It's like, it's just cool to see everyone doing well. And, you know, the, the, like teams like that, that go to the Final Four, that have the success and the experiences that that, that team did, you know, they're, they're bound forever, right? You'll all be welcomed back 20 years from now as that team, right? And you'll be honored at half court and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, right now um, – are guys still in touch or is it just so soon after school that guys are all just kind of focusing on, on their own, their own deal? Yeah. Well, you got, you got a, a lot of guys, you know, getting their lives started, right. right. You know, whether that's them starting their careers in the pros or um, so, I mean, we don't talk. It's not like we're, we're texting each other every day or every week. Sure. Sure. But, but you know, it's, you know, in a message here, or there, you know, thinking of you brother hope all as well. Um, Glad to see you're doing great things in the league or, you know, I've had a couple of guys, you know, some guys reach out to me just checking in just to say hi and follow up. And yeah, so it's really cool. And I actually, um, I talked to, I was, so coach Beeline has a house in Northern Michigan now. Right. Right. And I was up there visiting my grandpa. Um, and I called him and that was, that was in June. And then, this is crazy. So there's a Meyer in in town in Petoskey, mm-hmm. and I pulled up. I pulled up, ran in just really quick, just to grab a couple of things from for my grandpa that night, um, for dinner. And a guy with a mask on comes up to me, and like he said, "Hey," I was looking the other way, and he says, "Hey, Austin," sounded just like Coach B. And I looked at him, and I almost couldn't even recognize him because he had a mask on, which is probably a good thing. He had a mask and a hat on. Sure. Probably good for him because people don't know. Again, <laughs> right. But yeah, just so cool. I mean, like that bond, especially you know, for Coach and I, you know, given everything that, that we went through together, and the, like the fact that he was he stood by me the whole time, and yeah, I mean, I think it's a you know a relationship that that, that we'll have for the rest of my life at least. weren't weren't you married on the lake that he lives on? Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. He he took his boat to the wedding. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, really cool. It's, he's a special man for sure, very special man. And Coach Howard, you know, I don't think there's – you know, it's hard to replace a guy like Coach Beeline. Sure. You know, um, but Coach Howard's the, the man for the job. If anyone's going to replace him, it's Coach Howard. And, you know, he's a great guy, leads the team the right way. But I, I mean, I didn't play for Coach Howard, but just as far as the mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm sure your coach has a different style than Coach Beeline. Um, but just the, the, how much he cares about about the guys. I mean, I'm sure that, that's very similar, I think, the vibe I get. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, my wife and I live a mile from Chrysler right now. And I would go, I go prior to COVID, I'd go to the gym and lift there a couple times a week and work mm-hmm. out. And Coach Sanderson's very nice to let me still come and work out. He said I have a lifetime membership. I'm trying nice. to take advantage of it. <laughs> and, you know, and I said to one Coach Howard to make sure it was okay if I still come. And he's like, you're part of the family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So just that kind of a guy. You can just tell just for that one thing. He said you can tell what kind of a guy he is. So. Yeah, yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So what is your kind of uh, connection to the game But at this point? You know, when you're, you spent so much of your life in, in and around basketball. I mean, even when you weren't technically on the team, you were still with the team. Like you were still within the confines of basketball, we'll say, right? Yeah. So how do you kind of uh, scratch that itch nowadays? I love – I mean, it's crazy. It's right. It's, it's early <laughs> fall. And even over the summer, you know, like in the summertime, I, I like I've never watched basketball over the summer before. No one has, right? Right. right. Because this whole COVID deal, and with you know the the you know the NBA bubble at, at Disney, um, you know playing, and it's always cool to be able to watch the NBA over the summer. Um, but yeah, you know I watch games, and you know in my mind I still like kind of like pay attention to the plays teams are running, and I'm like okay, like I'm familiar, like I I remember running that, you know, back when I played or my time at Michigan. So mm-hmm. I still kind of kind of I get that I get that itch. I do really miss playing. Of course, I haven't really played in ten years. You know, sure. where I at one time in my life. Sure. Um, yeah, I just uh, you know, it's fun to to get a, to get a watch it and kind of relive. And sometimes I'll, I'll think about you know games that I that I remember playing back in high school. Right. Um, I'll just kind of relive those in my mind. It's just, it's fun to think about, but you know, I'm I'm very thankful that uh, we're in the stage we're in too, because it's like, wow, I love playing basketball. Um, you know, in college, my four years in college were amazing. A lot of people say college is the best four years of your life, and mm-hmm. that's understandable to some degree. But it's like, 
I mean, what better could I have? What better could I have right now? I'm married sure. to an incredible, incredible woman, Abby. And I mean, I think my goal is to make every four years the best four years. So. I, I see. I don't, I'm not sure if the four years I had in college were my, the, my four best years. Cause I don't remember them. So, um, <laughs> the, uh, the Austin for you now, right. You are embarking on, um, uh, uh speaking career, yep. um, motivational speaking, working with, um, organizations and businesses, uh, church groups, right. Um, and, and, and spreading your message and telling your story. And, you know, that is an interesting, um, kind of career path in that there's no blueprint really for, (laughs) I'm going to do this for a living, right? You don't major in that in college, then have like a, you know, step-by-step guide to go do it. So how have you kind of embarked on figuring out what this looks like? Right. And then I guess you're basically like a, your own small business. Um, yeah. And there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. There's a lot that you, there's a, like, you think you know what you're getting into, but you really don't. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it's, been, it's been amazing. And um, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just so focused on providing value. That's my goal is to provide value. And, you know, I feel if you if you consistently provide enough value <laughs> for long enough, then you're able to do it for a living. That's like what I did. You know, I spoke for the first time in college a few times my senior year. Um, got paid a little bit, you know, but, but then, and then even while I was at Domino's, they were gracious enough to let me go speak because they kind of my, my, my boss there kind of understood that you know this is kind of part of my bigger my bigger calling, if you will. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so I, if if I just can if you just continually provide value for people eventually you'll be able to earn a living doing it and you know i i'm just i'm grateful for the opportunity it's given me i'm not, I'm not thankful for the for what i've been through of course but that's not really my message mm-hmm. that's kind of the backstory that maybe that kind of sets the stage that gives maybe that gives me i don't know permission to talk about the things i talk about or maybe it gives the audience a different perspective on my message when they hear what i've been through and hear with the perspective from which i'm sharing it sure but yeah i just you know i talk about overcoming adversity we all face adversity every single day right. of various forms. And we'll, we'll could, everyone in the world right now with COVID and everything else is facing adversity. And unfortunately, we'll all continue to face adversity for the rest of our life, not from COVID, but from life challenges, right? Mm-hmm. We all face challenges. And you know, I hope and pray no one, I hope that people don't go through anything life-threatening like what I did. But a challenge is a challenge as far as I'm concerned, whether that's a, you know, a difficult day at work, getting laid off, something with your family someone with your sports team, your, your, your teammates, you're not interacting well with your teammates or for a coach, you can't get your players to, you know, have the growth mindset like Coach Beyond talked about all the time. And sure. so, yeah, so we all face adversity and, you know, like, like a point you just made a few minutes ago about how there's no blue, there's no blueprint for it. Right. And I kind of looked at it as like, there was no blueprint to recover from a, a level seven traumatic brain injury and get to Michigan. There's right. no blueprint for that. Right. And why, why can't I write it? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind of how I looked at it. And like, you know, for, for small business owners, I mean, if you're passionate about something and you're willing to sacrifice for it, you can become great at it. And look, I have a lot of room to grow. I mean, I'm, I'm in, maybe I'm in chapter one of a, a hypothetical 20 page or 20 chapter book. 
right? So I got a long, I got, I got a lot of room to improve, which is great because it's like, you know, like Coach Beeline, hey, he was famous for, you know, turning under-recruited guys like Karis LeVert, Nick Stauskas, guys like that, and make them extremely good. Duncan Robinson. Right. Turn them into really good players. And, and so I think it's, you know, when you, when you recognize the opportunity you have to improve, it's exciting. So, yeah, I'm, we're loving it, and I'm grateful for the impact that I'm able to make. You know, cause I've been very fortunate to speak to companies like, you know, Northwestern Mutual. I was speaking to several. I spoke to one about Northwestern Mutual in Michigan a few weeks ago. I was speaking to several other Northwestern offices this fall. Mm-hmm. Mass Mutual, Thrive Financial, um, Ford, mm-hmm. Accenture, Wells Fargo, like a bunch of companies, right? So I'm very, very grateful for the opportunities I've had. But like I said, I'm just so focused on providing value and that it doesn't provide value for every organization, but every, every sales team, every, every team in every organization faces challenges. And if I can share one thing I've learned the hard way that'll help one person on their team overcome the challenges they face, I feel like that that's my job. So. For sure. And one, something I think that's pretty cool is, uh, you know, because, because of the nature of what, you know, the, this show is in our listenership. Like I imagine most of our listeners, that have really followed your story closely since it all really un- went down, you know, whatever it was, eight years, 10 years ago. Um, and remember, you know, you arriving at Michigan and, and speaking publicly for the first time and then becoming someone who spoke a little bit more and a little bit more. And then as a senior, you know, spoke even more publicly and stuff like that. And to now see you doing this, you know, for people that have followed this long, followed you for so long, it has to be really, really, really cool. And I'm, um, I'm curious from you as you do this. You know, public speaking is hard, man. Like it's, it is right. The 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 greatest fear. That's like the most uh, cited natural fear that everyone has. So you know, for you in learning how to do this, um, what has that kind of process been like of becoming? Because you're a comp- like knowing you you're a competitive guy so you're going to want to be a you're going to i i think see this as like i want to be a real i don't want to just be a public speaker i want to be a really good public speaker and so what is that process like of of learning how to present yourself how to speak um and and you know feeding off of audience response like there's so much that goes into actually being good at what you're trying to be good at yeah. And look, I mean, like I said, I have a lot of room to grow, a lot of room to improve. And one of the things that I do, um, pretty much every, every single presentation, um, it's filmed or recorded mm-hmm. and then I get the recording of that. So I can, I can watch film. Like we, like we, anyone who knows anything about coach Beeline and the way he coached, we watch more film than probably just, than just by any program in the country. Right. Yeah. But it's like, now it's like, I, I, I present, I think about what I, what I did right. And even if I think I did something right, when I see the film of it, when I see the recording of it, it's like, okay. So I thought I did this right, but yeah, I, gotta, I, I can definitely work on that. I can definitely mm-hmm. do this better. I, de- I did this really well. This play, I ran the right way. You know, because right. you kind of have, like no message that I give is the same, mm-hmm. but you have very similar plays that you run at different times throughout the presentation. Like, you're not going to play any team the same way. Mm-hmm. But Coach Beeline, we had our offense, right, that we would run. And we'd run different plays from that within that offense at different points in the game. 
kind of like that. And it's like when you're speaking, no two presentations are the same, but you kind of have plays in the back of your mind that you should run at, at certain times. And that maybe that's one minute different or two or, or, two or three minutes different in, in every presentation, but it's roughly the same time. Um, so it's, it's like you don't press at the very beginning of the game. And you right. press towards the end of the game. So you have those things you bring in at the very end, right? But then you have different plays you run in the beginning. So, you know, I, like I said, I'm learning. I have a lot of room to grow, a lot of room to improve. But, yeah, you know, it's like I approach speaking the same way that I approached my journey, the same way that I approached my journey to being a great basketball player originally from when I was young in the same way that I approached my road to recovery from mm-hmm. the injuries that almost took my life in the second plane crash. And mm-hmm. if my dad always told me, he said, Oz, go big or go home. If you're going to go after something, why not go all in, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to speak for a living, why set the goal of being average? If sure, you set sure. the goal of being average, you're probably, at the very best, you're going to be average. But if you set the goal of being great, you may not end up being great, but at the, at the, at the worst, you're going to be pretty solid, right? And so and being solid is not the goal. My, my goal is to be really good. And, be, and, convey, and convey a message that provides a lot of value. As I mentioned about the whole conversation about providing value we had a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I just get so focused on providing value, I think in any business, um, I think people will, people will pay you for it, right? Right. And, and you'll have and you'll get opportunities to do it. So, you know, I'm just so grateful for you know the that the fact that I that I've learned some lessons the hard way. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that I now have to share some of the lessons that I learned with others in the hopes that it'll help them overcome the adversity they're facing in their own life, sure. in their own business, with their family, whatever it may be. So, you get nervous on stage at all? It's it's not uh, it, it, it's not nerves. I don't think it's nerves. It's it's like I knew I was doing the right thing when before I spoke those first few times in college. Well, that's how I really got into it. Was I spoke for the first time at, to Aaron's house? In right. Wayne, that organization, that nonprofit that you know serves you know children and families who've lost members of the family, which mm-hmm. practically I can relate to. Um, I spoke there, and then I spoke a few more times after that. I get the same feeling I, I would get before a big game. It's not mm-hmm. nerves; it's just excitement. It's excitement slash um, anxiousness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you when when you know you're prepared. You're not nervous. It's like going into a big exam. It's like if you studied for the week before, it's like, you know, you know, you, you know, you know this stuff, but it's just regurgitating it on paper. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that. It's like speaking. I know like I prepare for every presentation and it's like if I do my research on the organization, the company and the people that I'm speaking to and I know the message I kind of need to deliver, it's just got to go out and execute the game plan. So. And, and how do you, um, or, how would you kind of describe how people react um, to you? Um, every organization is a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, so a lot of the time after, after I speak, so a lot of organizations like to do some Q&A at the sure. end so people can ask, because I have my message and hopefully that provides a lot of value. Um, I think it does. And mm-hmm. but people will ask specific questions, you know, maybe relative to their own, maybe pertinent to their own life and say, hey, I'm dealing with this or, how did you overcome or how, what, how did you feel on this day when you're know, at this right. stage in your journey? Um, and yeah, I think, you know, I think people, um, my hope is that it, it puts things in perspective for people. And that's, what, that's the response I get a lot of the time is that it put things in perspective for them. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, cause I, I never say like, 
you know, what I went through is, is 10 times worse or 10 times greater than anything you'll ever go through. I never, I don't, of course I don't say that. And I don't, everyone goes through challenges that we know nothing about, but I, my hope is that it, it just puts things in perspective that, you know, I can, we can overcome this. Like, even, like cause, cause what's big to people is relative. It, like what's a big challenge to me may not be big to you. It may not right. vice versa. And it's like, look, I faced a big one. But I looked at it at, okay, I can't control this, but I know I can control how I respond. And I'm going to do everything in my power to control all the controllables. And I think that message for people alone, because it's like everyone's dealing with something and no one wishes adversity on themselves. We're not thankful that it happens. But if basically my message in one sentence, it's not what happens to us. It's about how we respond. Mm. Because if we focus on the things that we control, focus on our response, like, and if we work hard enough for long enough, there's no way we won't overcome it, right? Right. You, I know I asked you this in 2018 when you first kind of told me about you thinking about doing the public speaking. And the, one of the first things that kind of popped into my head and that I think people now might be really interested to hear you touch on. Um, I'm not exactly how sure I, how, how, I'm not exactly sure how I asked you, but that idea of. I feel like the average person might think that your life experiences and what has happened ha- would be something you would want to move forward for, like move forward from as permanently as possible, right? Um, and by the nature of what you do, though, you are bringing that all, bringing it all up, right, on a weekly, ba- daily basis, weekly basis. That it is something that is still so ever present. So can you explain to people out there and me, obviously, but how you can square those two things, right? Of wanting to, wanting to not move on. I don't know what the right word is versus, you know, wanting to use what, what you have to, to make a better, um, you know, uh, understanding for people to have of their own life. No, for sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, the events that I went through are terrible. And, but they're forever actually in my, in my memory, right? It's just, it's part of me. It's part of my life. And I don't, you know, when I speak, I don't retell the story. I mean, I, I, I give a little high level overview of the story. So okay. on that way I do, you know, go back to what happened. Right. But my message is focused on the response to it. Right. And I also, regarding the events that happened and the, 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 the tragedies, the loss of my family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I fo- I don't focus on the fact that, and this doesn't diminish it by any means, but I don't focus on the fact that my family is gone. I focus on the fact that, man, how blessed am I to have had them for the time that I did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, that doesn't diminish the fact that they're gone. It doesn't diminish the pain or significance of that or emotional you know, grief or whatever word you want to use. It doesn't, it, it doesn't diminish it or, or rid of it. But I just, I'm so blessed to have had what I did for as long as I did. And, you know, not to compare myself to others, but there are a lot of kids. I wish every kid could have had the upbringing that I did. I wish every kid could have had the upbringing that I did and had, had that family for the rest of my life. I'm like my family, like the life that I had out of the 7 billion people in the world, probably six, 
in a half billion at least would have traded anything. I don't want to say traded, but would have just been man. How I mean, you had you had an amazing childhood. I, I didn't. Maybe, maybe I should say six point nine nine billion would say you had an amazing childhood. I really did. And again, that doesn't diminish it. But I just look at it like man. The great thing is, Brennan, that I only have happy memories of my of my childhood growing up. Like like my dad was always there, my mom was always there, and my siblings. And it's like, yeah, you know what? It it's not like I had a terrible childhood. And they passed away, and that's the only the only thing I can remember are, are those bad memories of my dad was gone all the time, or right, they, or, or didn't love me, right? Like I was loved. What more can you ask for than to be loved? We all want to be loved. Everyone in the world wants to be loved, wants to be shown affection, and yeah. So I'm just so grateful. Um, but yeah, back to those to that the part of your question about going back to revisit those. Mm-hmm. It's like I think it because I believe that I had and obviously every person would say this, but I believe I had the greatest dad that has ever existed, right? Mm-hmm. And the lessons I learned from him, a lot of that is tied into my message without me saying it. Things that I talk about, like you know, the growth mindset, the resilience, the integrity, and doing the common thing in an uncommon way, Right. I mean, I learned that from him. One story I tell pretty consistently, this will give you the kind of idea for the listeners, the kind of guy my dad was. So um, we would go to the McDonald's um, near our house for breakfast a couple of days a week on the way to school. He would take me to school or he would take me to carpool to go to school. With my best friend and their best friend's mom would drive us. And I learned this after he passed. The cashier at McDonald's, Josiah was his name. I learned this a couple of years ago. One of our family friends told me. That cashier, Josiah, was at my parents' funeral after they passed away in the second accident. Mm. Josiah probably took the money from thousands of customers every week, or however many customers come to a McDonald's on average, hundreds or thousands or whatever the number is. I mean, something my dad did, like he, he made it, he put a little, he paid more attention to him, made him feel like he mattered, made him know that he was important. Everyone matters and everything matters, right? Mm-hmm. And there are no little things and everyone, like, it doesn't matter whether if it's, if it's CEO or, or, or if it's a, or the, the most important people or, or the janitor of my high school, Mike, mm-hmm. my dad made the effort to get to know all of those people. And that, and like, that's not that, I mean, I'll just touch on that. Cause when I talk about the team first mentality, when I'm talking to, to companies and organizations, everyone matters and every person on every team has a role at Michigan. I couldn't play. I scored, I scored one point in four years. But I like to think I had a role on the team and right. I took pride in it and did whatever I could to fill that role to the best of my ability. And, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, but, you know, my – so I, I go back to your question, though. Sorry for the long-winded answer. It's all good. But, you know, going thinking back to those memories, it does. Like, you're going back to the events, I don't like to think about the events. I mean, right. dude, it is what it is. They're actually they're in my memory. Um, it is what it is. And – but – I think I can't let two bad days outshine all the other great days that I had. Right. So there you go. Um, I know we are getting a little tight on time. No, you're right? fine. I got yeah, um, 10, 15 minutes. The, uh, the, so when you're, you're out on the road, right. And you're doing this and um, you're, you're speaking. Um, what, 
like, what is the, um, not end game, but like you, you talk about, you know, right. The grit and, and all these messages that you have, what is the, um, the thing that you want people walking out kind of left with, right? The, the, that's kind of the impression or the tattoo on them. Not to touch on my story again, mm-hmm. but I do tell just a really high level, one minute summary of my story, or like some organizations like to play that ESPN video, you know, the 16 minute deal that was made, the ST featured piece, just kind of give the audience a little, a little background sure. so they can see where right. I'm from. And my hope is that, not that people compare their stories to mine, but if you can overcome it, why can't I? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, sure. I just hope it puts things in perspective for people that like, you know what, what I'm going through right now is tough. It sucks. Or sorry to use that word, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Much worse has been said on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It sucks. I didn't, why did this happen to me? I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve what happened. I don't think I deserve what happened to me. It sucked. It was terrible. Right? Whatever. Right, right. Use. Okay. I can't control what happened. I wish I could. I wish I could go back. 17 years and nine years respectively and make sure those days never happen, but they, but they happen. And Hmm. the way I look at it is, is without adversity, we couldn't overcome. Right. Yeah, sure. Adversity is opportunity. Maybe it's not the opportunity that we wish for, but it's like the growth mindset. Coach Beyond talk about the growth mindset all the time. I'm sure you know. Yeah. (laughs) You know, know, it's like after a game, you keep coming to the locker room, you're disappointed. But he'd always say every single time, we didn't lose that many games over my four years. But when we did, he'd say, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. We got to be better at this. You know, we're going to run and get in better shape. You guys, are gonna, we're going to run a lot of suicides and so we can finish the game strong. But then he'd say, we're going to watch the film and we're going to find a way to get better from it. And that's my message, like what I was saying before, about when things happen, watch the film and find a way to get better from it. So I hope that people will... will whatever they're going through, whatever their challenge is, after my presentation, my hope is that people will think about it, reflect on it a little bit, but then figure out a way to respond to it and overcome it. So, yeah. The, uh, the few times that I would have been in the locker room, I would, after a loss, I remember, uh, John, John would rattle off all the things that were done incorrectly. Yep. And then like almost clap back at himself being like, but we're gonna work on it, and we're we're gonna get better. But then we also did this, this, and this wrong. But we're gonna work on it, and we're, we're gonna get better. No one else is talking. He's just kind of having a conver- like a dialogue with himself, sure. just facing <laughs> in the front of the room. Yeah, you can um, only imagine how much he's going through his mind. He probably he probably said one percent of the things that were going through his mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's your? Uh, do you have a favorite uh, beeline uh, internal story that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe hasn't hasn't been that you haven't shared, or that that kind of sticks out to you. Um, I mean, there are there are several, but <laughs> yeah, I think um, one of the coolest things was so he won the John Wooden Award at the Final Four, two thousand nineteen, I believe. And I, I spoke and introduced him mm-hmm. prior to that. That the FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes Award in Minneapolis. It was yeah. Minneapolis. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was there for that. That's right. And I, I spoke there. Um, I, I didn't speak there. I just gave a little five-minute intro. I talked about mm-hmm. you know, all he's done for me and all he's done for everyone 
these programs and how he's changed my life and changed, you know, every player's ever coached changed their lives too. Um, and then, so Jimmy Dykes and Chris Broussard were the MCs at that event and they interviewed him and asked some questions. And I said, and so I told, I talked about some of the things that I learned from coach, you know, I said, what it looks like to leave. I, I said, you, you showed us all like every player has ever coached. You showed us all what it looks like to, um, to serve, to lead with integrity and what, and this is coach beyond definition of leadership. He said, a leader is someone who is very humbly and very confident and genuinely cares about those he's leading. That's what he told me. I did an independent study on leadership my senior year. And I said, Coach, you showed us all what it looks like to, to genuinely care about those you're leading. And, right? And you, you talk about, you look at, like, the stuff that he's done, not just for me, but for, every, every, like, all, all kinds of other people, too. I mean, the fact of the matter is that, so the, the Chris Broussard and Jimmy Dykes asked him afterwards, you know, what would you learn from Austin, Coach? He told us what he learned from you. What would you learn from him? Um, and then he listed a few things and whatever, but then, and then, he, and then they said about, he said to my staff and I, this was a no-brainer. When you offer someone a scholarship, mm-hmm. you're going to honor it. It's just what you do. And I think just, just, like, just things like that. And, but going back to that point, though, yeah, the headline, the, media, like the newspaper article said, John Beeline's honors uh, Austin right. Hatch's scholarship. Great, right? But people didn't see the day-to-day. They saw the headline. Mm-hmm. But they didn't see every day. Like he included me in everything. Mm-hmm. Never didn't make me feel like I like I I was there like as like a just because like he felt sorry for me or whatever, right? Sure. Like he gave me a role, and I took pride in it, and I and let me contribute to the team in the in the ways that I could, and made me feel like like I mattered, like my role mattered, right? And I'm not saying that I needed that, but but just like the fact that he that he cared about me as I don't want to say I don't want to compare myself to other teammates to my other teammates, but I feel like he he took as much interest in my life as he did in the, in, the, in Mo Wagner's or the stars of, my, of our team. For sure. So right. the fact that he it's like my dad. It didn't matter who it was, whether it was Josiah at McDonald's, where I just mentioned or mm-hmm. CEO of a big company. Everyone mattered, and hmm. Coach Beeline from my experience, had a very similar, similar family line. So very cool. Very cool. Well, that's probably a, a good place to, to leave things where, uh, or when, when are we getting on the golf course and what is the sh- state of your game? Well, the state of my game. So here's this is the, the important uh, stuff here. So I, I've never done this before. So I played in a scramble today, for, like for, you know, a, yeah. golf outing, a mass mutual company, mass mutual great lakes. Mm-hmm. And I've never done this before. I had the wind behind me, a lot of wind behind me. On a par five, and I think it must have hit a sprinkler head or something, because this was crazy. So the par five was 515 yards, and we took my ball up in the bunker, like it rolled into the into a bunker. Mm-hmm. We had a wedge into the green, so like so, and I don't. I mean, I hit it far, but not that far. I mean, I I think from the calculation, like. The ball ended up 374 yards from the tee. I've never done it before. Well, I think I might be uh, taking back my invitation of us getting out <laughs> no, on the no, court. No, I've never done it before. Um, and, but, yeah, um, 
you know, I hit it far, but I hit it off. I, I think I out of the. I think we took my drive only a couple of times today because I, I was never in the fairway. I hit it all over the place. I just get to see the whole course, right? So, so, so your money's played, worth. Played it. We played it at TPC Michigan. That was the really sure. I wanted to get the whole layout. I hit it so that's I, that's a bad course if you're spraying the ball. Well, why, why would you pay a hundred bucks to play somewhere and be in the fairway every time? That's boring. <laughs> Hey, if, if if that's what you want to tell yourself, I think that's a really good theory on, on the sure, game. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but to answer your question, um, if not this fall, next year for sure. For sure. My man. Sooner or later. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, Austin Hatch, uh, a wonderful guest. We uh, we greatly appreciate you coming on. I, I will pass along Nick's best uh, to you uh, I'm, and I'm sure vice versa. But, uh, but thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, an inspiration as always and uh really appreciate your time man yeah of course brandon thanks for having me great to catch up again and wish you and your you and yours all the very best we'll talk to you soon thank you I've seen